Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to DDP Today, a show that's a little bit about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Mike, and this week I'm so happy to have two of my buddies, two of my compadres, two of my very, good, very good friends, and uh, they're my Florida peeps this week. It's, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one that's, like, I'm the most up north one this week, and it's usually uh, Dan, but uh, but this week it's me and a couple of the boys. Uh, I want to see how their week was first before we get into tonight's show. So, uh, Dave, I know you had quite a busy day, but how's your week been? I'm good. Generally busy, but good nonetheless. So, yeah, no, we have um, just life, and then I'm prepping for a busier week more than anything. So it's trying to get some work done, knowing that I'm about to go out of town because uh, tomorrow morning at about 5 a.m., I think I leave home and I uh, headed to the airport. And this coming weekend is New York Comic Con. It's that time of year already, huh? You know, I missed that. It is October. It's obviously it's down <laughs> at the Javits Center, you know, right over mm-hmm. there. And um, I used to, my office, I think Javits Center is on, let me think, I'm on 26th. 32nd Street? Yeah, and I was on 26th Street, so like that's about that. four blocks from there. So um, yeah. my, my corner office was right on 12th Avenue, and um, I used to enjoy the Comic-Con weekend working because I would see, you know, Transformers walking past my window and, and kinds of Captain America and all sorts of, yeah, you know, people they, in there, you know, dressed up to the hilt, so it was nice. It's that parade of of people that are uh, letting their... Letting their passion guide them for a weekend and yeah it gets a little out of hand so uh, one of my friends likes to refer to it as letting your freak flag fly okay? <laughs> like whatever it is that you're that you're into this is the weekend to do it in new york city so yeah well, well we- i mean Every weekend is that, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, New York is the place to do that because they freak flag flies pretty frequently in New York. Say yeah, that five times so, fast. Um, but that said, it is the uh, third largest event in the continental U.S. each year. Wow. Yeah, yeah so it big. goes, I, I don't know what the order the first two are and I because they're both sports, but it goes golf, tennis, and then nerds. So, hmm. yeah. Hmm. There you go. Very interesting. Uh, Joe, Crazy. are you going to let your freak flag fly this weekend? Are you headed up to Comic-Con dressed up as a... Yeah, Mike, what's going on? Yeah, first of all... Uh, is that Klingon? Dave. No? <laughs> well, first of all, Dave, um, I don't know if we've said this before on the show or not, but Mike and I's offices were literally within a stone's throw from each other when we worked in New York at the same time. I used to see the sanitation department trucks all the time. Like My office was also That's on 26th weird. Street and 12th Avenue, and my first experience with Comic-Con was also watching everybody having their freak flags fly, as they would yep. say. But I, this is the way I look at it, right? I'm a huge sports guy, you know, so is Mike. And it's no different, like, like for example, I'm going out to Vegas for the Jets and Raiders game out in Vegas. I'll be wearing Jets stuff all weekend. I'll be wearing jerseys, hats, jackets. It's no different. If that's what you're into, then that's what you're into. You know what I'm saying? It's no different right? in being, you know, so that's, you know, it, it, it's good. I'll tell but you what, the creativity no... is very 
uh, it's on a super high level for Comic-Con. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It gets out of hand. It's Here's the thing. It's no different to standing at Rope Drop at Magic Kingdom or um, or one of those special event evenings um, in one of the parks where people gather together because they're passionate about something. Um, it's just that beautiful moment of camaraderie and, yeah, and acknowledging that. And it's one of those moments where you'll be walking around the show floor and you'll see somebody wearing something completely over the top and just mouth droppingly creative. And you look at them and you go, I have no idea what you are, but whatever it is, it's something that you care about so much that you put literally hundreds of hours into creating something that demonstrated that love. And you've got to respect and love them for that, if nothing else. Yeah, and then they got, so, then they yeah. got on public transit to get down to the uh, west side of Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, Dave. As uh, you know, Mike and I both say both worked in the city. There's probably two weeks of the year that you could actually walk around midtown Manhattan, and you'll know that, that a specific event is going on. And this speaks very high to the Comic-Con crowd. Number one, it's Fleet Week. Because, you know, you see all of oh. our servicemen, you know, walking around town in a uniform and stuff like that. And the second day is Comic-Con. You know Comic-Con's in town because you see everybody walking around in their amazing outfits. So kudos to them. I think it's awesome mm. that it's going. And it, honestly, man, it's it's a huge deal that you're a part of that. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty cool. So uh, that you, it's a lot of yeah. fun. It's an honor to be part of it. So um, you have a crazy week coming up. Is it this week or next week in your neck of the woods? Oh, in in Central Florida? Yeah. Well, we have, um, as like Mike has going on up in uh, Myrtle Beach, there's Myrtle Beach Bike Week, but we have. Um, oh, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, bike we have week. Daytona. And you, bike, one of you had Bike Week. We have Daytona Biketoberfest coming up next uh, Thursday. Ah. Uh, yeah, about in a week or so. So that's actually kind of a kind of a sort of a big deal, you know, so we're kind of yeah. looking, looking forward to that. But our, yeah, our big bike week is in March. Uh, but we'll still get this Got is more it. like the locals. You get right from like Orlando will come in and from South Florida. And, um, you know, it's, like, it's a more of like a locals thing, but it's still a lot of fun. So it's good to get the bike out. The um, weather, weather's starting to get good, Dave. You know it. The weather is starting to get really yeah. good right now. Oh, did you feel it like, like two mornings ago? It just had just it was in a the little 60s. bit of a hint. It was in the, oh. it was, so it was probably like in the maybe high high 60s, low 70s bikes. You're a little bit warmer than us, but we were like in the low 60s. It was beautiful. So I I've, I don't think I've mentioned it on this show before, but I'm now working in a different job again. And I was out doing sales and my first call, the woman walked out the door and she had a um, spirit jersey on. And I was like, oh, it's spirit jersey weather, <laughs> isn't it? Like, uh, she had her Epcot food and wine festival one, I think it was. So, um, now, Mike, really quickly, as we throw back to you, um, if you've got your bike week coming up, um, does that mean it's a pretty interesting time? Uh, for you in in your job? Well, I was just telling Joe before, you know, we have Bike Week twice a year here. We have one up around Memorial Day, the beginning of the summer, and that is like the crazy one. That's when everybody comes out. Uh, the bike, There is a Bike Week going on right now down here in Myrtle Beach, uh, but it's not as bad. It's, it's not as popular as the one in the beginning of the summer. I think it's kind of a little bit more laid back. Um, and I'm obviously in Myrtle Beach. South of Myrtle Beach is an area called Myrtle's Inlet, and that's where this Bike Week meetups tend to be a little bit more down in the, the Myrtle's Inlet, a little south of us kind of between me and where Justin are, um, which is good because um, obviously me being in law enforcement, it's not as popular for us because that's actually Georgetown County and I'm in Horry County. So um, we don't get as much of that. So we're, we're kind of lucky with that. But 
in all honesty, it's a pretty well-behaved event. Even our regular yep. bike weeks, um, the the, uh, the arrests aren't as much as what they used to be. Everybody's been kind of calming down a little bit. And um, it's just when you have that influx of people, obviously, you have to have a little bit more protection out there because, um, you know, obviously, you know, more people requires more security. So, um Right now, it's going on around here, but you wouldn't really know that it's going on unless you were kind of going south of this area. Um, you know, we, we've been kind of uh, as normal as normal can be in the law enforcement, you know, world. It's been okay by us. I, I don't want to jinx it and say that it's been, you know, the, the Q word because we never mentioned the Q word. Joe knows that. Um, that is that is a forbidden word to say, but it's been good. It's been good. I've been having a, a good time. I was doing some training this week, and I got to enjoy that beautiful weather. Uh, I got to do some outdoor training, and when you get to do outdoor training, and it's, you know, in the mid-60s, 60s, you know, low 70s, it's a great way to do it. Uh, the last time I had to do my outdoor training, it was probably one of the hottest days in South Carolina history. And when you're out there with, you know, full gear and a bulletproof vest on and helmet and, you know, full riot gear, uh, it gets pretty hot when it's 100 degrees out. But it was really nice yeah, yesterday. that sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> It is terrible when you can when you have to All peel right. your inner T-shirt off and you can wring it out when you're done. That's just a miserable day. But it was beautiful yesterday, and uh, me and my buddies enjoyed a good day out and got to do some training and they had to have a nice lunch when everybody went out afterwards. So uh, it was a good day yesterday. Very good. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about tonight, uh, you know, we were kind of bouncing around some ideas and what we wanted to do. And, um, you know, we like to do in-depth ride detail stuff, give you a little bit of history about it, tell you our experience with it. Um, we picked a ride that I think pretty much everybody's been kind of done because it's been there for a very long time. Um, it's a ride that's very, very near and dear to my heart. I've, I've loved this ride. It's something that I rode with my parents as a kid. It's something that when we went to the parks with my parents and their, you know, their grandchildren, my kids and my wife's parents, it's one of those rides that everybody gets to do. It's been around forever. I think it's kind of underrated. I think people overlook it a lot because it's not a thrill ride. It's not something specific. But um, we're going to talk about the People Mover tonight. And it's definitely, when I list my five top rides, it's always in the, my top five. Um, it's something that I love doing. It's pretty much a must every time I go to Disney World. You can't go through Tomorrowland and not do the People Mover. Um, are you guys as passionate about that ride as I am, Dave? I mean, it's a traditional favorite. Um, it's uh, we'll touch on its importance uh, within the Disney Company uh, from a historical point of view, and it's it's one of those rides where, even with some incredible rides around its uh, iconic attractions, Space Mountain, um, Buzz Lightyear, Space Rangers Spin, the new Tron uh, ride in Magic Kingdom. It continues to have a line that stretches and maybe first thing in the morning, it's not super busy, but throughout the middle of the day, it's still a popular ride and uh, you can't take that away from it, which makes it just incredible. I've ridden it many, many times, thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, and not only for its historical significance, but just for the beautiful moment to sit and breathe and be part of Disney history. Uh, Joe, you and I rode this most recently. Uh, the last time we were down there doing the Tron preview, you, me, and Rick Reagan got to take this around. Is this one of those uh, must-do rides when you're in uh, Tomorrowland? Yeah, I love. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I love getting uh, on the People Mover. Um, it doesn't matter what time of day. Uh, it could be rope drop. It could be the end of the night. It could be 100 degrees. It could be 50 degrees. I still love it. Um, yeah, it's something like, like Dave said. There's still a crazy line for it. It's not that exciting of an attraction, right? But it, it's nice to sit back relax get off your feet for i think it's about 10 minutes the ride is it's great to people watch there's nothing better in disney world than actually people watching and looking around the park and it's the only place since the removal of the sky of uh, the uh 
I don't want to say the Skyliner, the Sky Buckets uh, that you they used to be, uh, you know, going from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland. You know, it's really the only elevated position you can get in the Magic Kingdom and really take it all in. You can see a little bit of behind the scenes, a little backstage. See some of the resorts is obviously, you know, I love. So it gives you a little bit of everything uh, and a nice break from the day. And, uh, you know, and it's it's and they've updated over the years, too. And I know we're going to get into that, but, you know, they've updated the theming a little bit. They've updated the sponsorship, the the narration. So it hasn't stayed stagnant for 50 or 40 something years, however many years it's been open. They've kind of adjusted with it throughout the years. And uh, it's still a fan. It's still a fanfare. I mean, they make merchandise on it. So anytime they could, you know, make merchandise on a ride, you know, it's uh, it's it's pretty special. Yeah, for those people that don't know, this <clears throat> a little bit of history when it comes to the People Mover. Uh, it was one of the three Disney attractions that the origins were at the 1964 World Fair. Uh, back in 1964, Walt and the Imagineers worked with the uh, Ford Motor Company to develop the uh, what would be known as the WED People Mover system. Uh, it opened on July 2nd, 1967 in Tomorrowland at Disneyland Anaheim. Guests boarded a small train that ran on an elevated track uh, all through the, like a little Tomorrowland tour. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that they got rid of this in Anaheim. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get to a little bit about that later. But um, this is something that I wish was so popular here that it would have stayed in California. I would love to have been able to ride the original one when it was all, you know, when it was out there in California when we had our Disney Disneyland trip. Um, I know it was around, you know, I think they got rid of it in 1990 something when it got rid of in Anaheim. Joe, you, I know you did Disneyland as a kid. Did you ever ride the original People Mover? No, I never did. And even when I went out there, my first time out in Disneyland for my, uh, one of the Run Disney weekends, it was even post uh, the atrocious, the atrociousness of rip, of uh, not rip ride rocket. That's universal. Uh, rocket rods, excuse me. And I think if you were to ask any Disneyland true fan they would probably say it's probably the worst move that the company ever did was taking out the people moving for whatever reason and installing rocket rods into which kind of really just destroyed the track there for there's really no chance of it even coming back now from what i've read i mean i guess you could fix anything right but i never got to do it um i did see and it's a shame because that track really goes through a lot of like really cool parts of Tomorrowland within Disneyland. I mean, it goes over the Autopia and all over like, you know, the Tomorrowland area. And for somebody who doesn't visit there a lot, it'd be a, that'd be really good for me to get like that bird's eye view that we talk about that, you know, we get at the uh, Walt Disney world, by way people mover. So, uh, never got to experience it. Unfortunately, still hoping that one day the, uh, the folks in Burbank will put some money towards it and fix it. Uh, I think that'd be fantastic. I think Disneyland fans would absolutely go nuts for that, but I guess we'll, uh, it's been years, but I guess we'll see if that ever happens one day. Yep, it was actually originally supposed to be a prototype for an intercity public transportation, and uh, the ride was actually closed in Anaheim. I got the date now. It's, it was on August 21st, 1995, so if any of our wow. DDP family have ever uh, been out there on that before 1995, maybe it's not the picture on there. I'm sure they were youngings, because uh, 1995 yeah. was quite a while ago. Um, you know, that was uh, something. Dave, what were you doing in 1995? I know you weren't uh, riding the people mover. Grade 7? I think seventh grade. Yeah, it was 95. Hey, like, here's the thing is, um, I don't know. Also really quickly, we've got some very seasoned DDP people, uh, um, in our groups. Uh, so I have, a, I have a feeling that somebody somewhere has a picture of them on the original out in Disneyland. And I mean, there's moments within Disney history that you wish you could go back and be part of. I'm the, the original version of it, uh, being at, uh, Queens, New York in the sixties. I mean, you mentioned that they partnered with, uh, 
the Ford Motor Company. Like it was, by my understanding, basically Model T Fords on a track saying, hey, this is going to be the way of safely and securely transporting people in the future. And it was this huge moment for the Disney company to be partnering with Ford and saying, this is uh, a new ride technique that we're going to roll out and then to bring it across and introduce it to Disneyland was huge. So, um, and, uh, what was that? Did you say 67? It was uh, such a, yeah. Yep. Uh, the the was World so, Fair was in 64. Yeah. And, but then shortly thereafter, in it 67, arrived it opened at Disneyland. Yeah. Yep. July 2nd. Yep. Crazy. So, I mean, that's such a short period of time to take an attraction that was on the East coast, move it out West, adjust it. And then, fit it in and shape it around there to Morrowland, uh, right there in Disneyland. So, um, yeah, riding either of those two versions would definitely be something on my list of things to potentially go back and have a moment to do, um, and revisit as an iconic part of the Disney legacy. Yeah, it's very cool. Now that obviously we know that the one in California was closed, I'm going to talk a little bit about the one that we've all ridden at one time or another, and that was originally called the Wedway People Mover, which opened on July 1st, 1975, and it was based on the original California attraction. Uh, because the system didn't have rotating t uh, tires, Goodyear didn't do a sponsorship on that, which is surprising. And which I was surprised about because I know from riding the attraction now, whenever you get on the beltway to go up to the uh, to the to the uh, people mover, it always has the Goodyear stamp somewhere on that belt because I'm assuming they're using Goodyear rubber for that you know for that belt up there. But um, it was a linear induction motor, so Goodyear was not part of it. And actually, the Edison Electric Institute was the was the uh, Patreon person who took care of the attraction instead of having Goodyear. Uh, obviously, the system was a little bit different, being that you had open cars with a covered roof, um, different than Disneyland, because Disneyland had a lot of an open-air concept, so it was a little bit different than the one out there, but basically same kind of thing, and obviously it was one of those type of inner-city prototypes that they were looking to get. Uh, the engineering and the design of the track itself were also reworked. Disneyland's, uh, Disneyland's version regularly changed elevation, especially during some of the outside parts. The vision at Walt Disney World, the one that we ride, always stays the same, same elevation the entire time, which is pretty different. So... You know, a lot of rides are similar when you go from one to the other parks. I mean, we noticed that when we were doing the, you know, Disneyland uh, DDP trip. And, when, you know, we've obviously done Walt Disney World so many times. This one seems to be a little bit different than the one that was out in California. And I really wish I would have been able to do the one out in California. Uh, have you ever seen any kind of YouTube videos on it or anything? I know we haven't seen. I know, like, Internet-wise was not around, obviously, when it when it closed in, 19, you know, in the 1990s, but um, I, I got to go back and see if you see anything. Joe, have you ever watched anything on these videos of the old uh, People Mover? I'm into the uh, the retro WDW channel and a lot of those retro old school uh, YouTube channels. I, so I've seen some stuff of like, these sites will like kind of like restore old home movies and so on, or like post, Aww. you know, old movies. It's really cool stuff. And so I've seen some of the, um, of like the old school Disneyland, uh, you know, they looked like buckets. I mean, it really did. They looked like buckets, but because like, they didn't have like it was no roof. It was all open air. Um, you know, the actual cars had a roof on, but it, it definitely looked a lot different uh, than what we have. Just the size. I mean, the one in our our people mover in Disney World is very seventies futuristic. Mission to Mars. It's, it's the same ride vehicles that, from day one. I mean, so kind of 
you know what you got. The one from Disneyland, the World's Fair, it's very, you can tell it's out of the 50s and 60s, right? It's, it's that older school, rounded style. Um, so, yeah, much, much different. Uh, but, yeah, if you kind of go down the YouTube rabbit hole, there's a lot of great sites out there that restore, like I said, old home movies, old um you know, old like uh, um, you know, like kind of like attraction videos and stuff. And there's yeah, there, there's definitely thinking, some stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. Was there any public? Was it ever used in publicity videos or anything like that? I feel like it probably got a look in. I'm sure, Dave. I mean, I'm sure if we looked, I'm sure it did because think about it. Disneyland's Tomorrowland back in the '60s. You know, was the the big giant rocket? You know, that was uh, the, was it the TWA yeah. was on the side of it. Like they they sure to use those promos. They used that kind of land for a lot of the the promos, the futuristic stuff. I'm sure there's something out there. Right. When I'm sitting in an airport tomorrow morning at like 6 a.m., guess where I'm going yeah, to we be? Just gave Thanks. Some... Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Um, you know, in the spring of 1994, the Tomorrowland underwent a massive refurbishment that changed the theme of the land from being a showcase of future technology to a working city of the future. The Wed People Mover received a new physical theming to the track structure along the north and south show buildings, as well as the Rocket Tower Plaza was updated. Uh, the section of track linking the north and south buildings to the South Mountain and the Space Mountain, the Carousel of Progress, was not changed. So in 1994, we started to see some of the changes that they were starting to do, and they did some reworking of the tracks, some guiding stuff um i don't remember the early days i remember riding with my parents and just the actual car ride itself so these refurbishments that were done in the early 90s i don't remember them as much um it was during this refurbishment that the attraction name actually changed from wedway people mover to the tomorrowland transit authority uh, a new narration was also added led, uh, led by pete renaday broadcasting for the tta central a new name was given the debuted on june 12 1994 and the 1994 recording remained largely unaltered until October 2nd, 2009, which came shortly after the ride had reopened following a five-month down period. Um, Pete Renaday, that name sounds familiar. I got to look that up and see if he's done anything else-wise, you know, with uh, with doing some of the voiceover acting work because it sounds like a familiar name. It's something that I've heard before. Maybe somebody we've talked about in a previous episode. Dave, does that name ring a bell at all or...? Definitely rings a bell. Trying to remember exactly what kind of bell um, is always a challenge. So, um, but it, it's not unusual for um, voice actors, as we discussed literally last episode, uh, to get some usage in multiple areas uh, within Disney. So, um, so yeah, I would I wouldn't be surprised to find that he is also the voice of this or the voice of that. While we're while we're chatting, I'll I'll try to get on the Googles and see if I can figure that one out for you. Uh, Dave, I'm, I'm just I've already I've already beaten to the punch of this. His see, his look about at you. Tell you, his his credits are just way too much to um to list. But I will say he's done video games, movies, television. But I will say theme park wise, uh, he is the voice of Abraham Lincoln in the Hall of Presidents. He is Henry yeah. the MC and Max the Deer in Country Bear Jamboree. Uh, 20,000 Leagues Under oh. the Sea, he was Captain Nemo. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh in Walt Disney World, he was the narrator. Uh, he was the TTA uh, narrator for uh, Walt Disney World. And he's also credited with Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters, which I guess is out in Disneyland. So, uh, yes. yeah, so he, he has some, uh, he's got a lot more credits. Uh, and like I said, I'm sure it's probably part of the, uh, the voice actor, uh, you know, they're credited with a lot of things. They do a lot of behind the scenes that we don't normally see. So if you were to to Google him, there's quite a bit that comes up. I will say is, this: Mike, is he still the is he still the Winnie the Pooh? Does oh, that have an it, end date? Uh, for does his... it, it does not say. It does not say. Many here. adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Do- and Winnie the Pooh. So it would probably be that opening line where he's like, um, 
on a on a very blustery day, the west wind traded traded places with the east wind, and uh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, he's in the it's the Disney World, Disneyland, and Hong Kong Disneyland versions. So if anybody, there you go. Uh, I will say this: Mike talking about the narrations um, with regards to the way people move over. Uh, you know, I, my first trip to Disney World was in eighty four, eighty five, and I remember Oric One. That was the the narration that I grew up with. And I was kind of upset when they changed this because I remember Wedway People Mover. I remember the font and the signage and the Oric One. That's what I grew up with. And I was like, I, and I was not a fan of when they changed Tomorrowland in, in the mid-90s. I liked the old school spires. I liked that 80s futuristic kind of deal. And when they changed it, I hated it. And they also changed this narration. I was not a fan of it either. Uh, so I, I remember that being like, this is different. I don't like this. And um, yeah, I remember Oric One was like, that was the narration that was... Uh, for the from the you know the, about from eighty five until they said ninety four so mm-hmm. or ORAC one yeah ORAC one yes ORAC one yeah uh, yeah we'll talk about ORAC five later I believe because that's what it gets uh, some later updates but uh, some more updates that wound up happening the Tomorrowland Transit Authority closed on April 9th, two thousand nine uh, because they were doing a major refurbishment on Space Mountain and I remember this this was part of the time when I was going with the kids. So I remember the Tomorrowland uh, Transit Authority being closed down. Uh, it reopened on September 12, 2009. It was necessary because they were doing so much construction on the, on the inside of Space Mountain that they didn't want to have, obviously, the, uh, the, the people mover interfering with that because obviously everybody who knows who've rid the people mover before, it goes through Space Mountain. And I think one of the most popular things you see and what people kind of hope for when they're on uh, the people mover the most of the time is actually going through and seeing Space Mountain with the lights on. Uh, I can't tell you how many videos I see on YouTube that constantly pop up on my feed where people get that really cool glimpse of going through Space Mountain. Um, lights on, sometimes the cars are running, sometimes they're not, um, but I, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've seen people do that. Um, this is one ride that I've been on and I've always wanted to see the lights on in Space Mountain and I never got to witness it personally myself. Um, I will say this is the one and only ride, well actually not the only ride, but this is the first ride that I was ever evacuated on um, when I had to get evacuated off a ride. We got stuck on it one time and we had to get out and walk through some track. We were in a tunnel and we had to go down a back way and to tell you how dated that was, as we got to the bottom of the staircase, walking out of being evacuated the cast member was there and handed my family a stack of paper fast passes good for whichever ones we wanted to use so that'll uh, date it up a little bit because um and i think i still have those fast passes somewhere we wound up not using them. it was kind of like an end of the day kind of thing and um it said good for all good for all rides except for peter pan and something else so uh but yeah i still had some paper fast passes because we had evacuated off of that um have wow. you guys ever that- had the opportunity to go through i mean dave i'm sure you have to go through there with that the was actually run? one of my questions for you um, uh, it was have you ever been evacuated off People Mover? Or I was going to ask you later. So, mm-hmm. yep. um, it's a, it's a, it's. A, how long were you there? You remember? Oh, probably about a half an hour. We were stuck it in one spot. It takes ages. It's one of the longest evacs. Uh, it takes absolutely ages. Um, I've never been evacuated off it. Um, I remember while I had a tour group once, um, they were being evacuated and I was standing at the bottom, unable to help, unable to do anything. Um, so, uh, I've definitely had that experience and know exactly how long that takes. I have been through Space Mountain with the lights on while riding this attraction. It's really cool. It's one of those moments where like you can't even predict it uh, when you get on the ride. Usually it's something that has happened while you're 
and it might be something that where it's happening and you could have known that space mountain is down and there's a chance um but so often you're riding through there and you're on the ride and then something happens in space mountain and suddenly all the lights come on and you're just rolling through and you get those glimpses as you said it's a really cool experience Joe? Yeah, I mean, I have, I've actually ridden Space Mountain with the lights on. It was actually during COVID uh, for some reason. They had the lights on and we got on board and it was okay. it was very uh, <laughs> unimpressive. Uh, so having it in the dark definitely makes a difference on that ride. I've also seen it, uh, when, yes, we, it does. when we've been on uh, the People Mover and, you know, they're doing maintenance to it or, or is there something else going on and you kind of take a look at it. I will say this when, Mike, you were talking about giving a little bit of the history about the renovations that were going on there. For some reason, I don't know why they did this, but our old school Walt Disney World fans would know this. When you used to queue up inside of Space Mountain, you used to be able to see the train cars. They were glow in the dark, and you used to see them kind of like running all over the place, like on the tracks. And while you'd ride the people mover, you could also see that as well. For some reason, they built like a ceiling over the the roof of the, the loading platforms. And then eventually you really can't see, you know, up north, you can't see above you anymore. And it's the same thing when you're going through the uh, the people mover. It was supposed to be kind of a preview of Space Mountain and they kind of built up this plexiglass and they built like a, an overhead. You can't see anything anymore. So I don't know why they did it. There must've been some reason why. I know they added some lighting effects and so on and so forth um, when you're in the queue area, but yeah, they kind of killed the view uh, along uh, the people mover. And I remember that one of the big things was you used to see the giant like chocolate chip cookie that was an asteroid. And people would be like, oh, there's the cookie. And now there doesn't, the cookie doesn't exist anymore. And David, I don't know if you ever heard about that. It was the giant chocolate chip cookie that was supposed to be an asteroid that would kind of be projected on the ceiling of Space Mountain. Did you ever hear about that? I feel like I'm, I feel like I have definitely heard of it. I don't think I ever got a chance to yeah, see it. Yeah, I mean, it went away when they did the construction, but so it's it's kind of disappointing that they did that. But it was that was a bonus. I remember I was a little kid and I wasn't able to ride it yet. I remember going on the people over and seeing that, and now it's kind of gone away. But you know, it's, like I said, nothing lasts forever, right? But I'm glad we still have both attractions. So I'm gonna look at the positive side there. So. <laughs> Well, also during our refurbishment time, on October 2nd, 2009, the ride received a new narration. We were talking about the narrating before, featuring the voice of Mike Braswell uh, with safety spires provided by B.J. Ward, who provides the main narration for Disneyland's People Mover from 1982 to 1995. The new narration is similar to the original Wed, uh, the, uh, Wed Way, um, and that's something that similarly heard. Dave, I think we were talking about when we were over at Halloween Horror Nights, and I thought I heard the same voice talking about getting off, getting, getting on and off the beltway when we were over at the walking moveway at, at, at uh, Halloween Horror Nights coming out of Universal City Walk. So um, when you look at all of the uh, stuff that these guys have, these, these narrators, I can definitely see how they would have the same similar gig. And um, I think it is the same person who does that narration over in Orlando as well, too, over in, um, over in Universal Studios as well, too, which is pretty cool. Um, the People Mover narration includes some segments, which includes some of the attractions you going to see as you're going around Tomorrowland. So as you go through um, Space uh, Buzz Lightyear Spin, you get to hear some narration from there. You also get to hear Buzz Lightyear can be heard uh, talking about Space uh, Space Ranger Spin. Um, when you go through Monsters Incorporated, you get a little cameo from Roz. Uh, when you go through the uh, uh, all, all the different little spots. It used to be when you went through the Stitch area, you would hear Stitch, but you don't hear Stitch anymore. And when you go through the Star Traders, you would hear Thank Mickey goodness. Mouse's voice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's one of the things that was removed. But um, but now, also, when you, uh, in addition, you can hear a female voice saying, Paging Mr. Morrow. And we all know that Paging Mr. Morrow very, very well. 
I was going to say, I assume we're going to touch on that while we're talking about some voices that appear on it. The iconic line of Mr. Morrow. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those tongue in cheek jokes that just has hung on since, since it's origin, I believe it has been there for uh, quite a period of time. Uh, if not from the very start, it has been there as a, as an existing part of the attraction for so long, but yes, paging Mr. Morrow, Mr. Tom Morrow. Ah. And, and Mike, I, I want to uh, throw it. I'm sorry. I said, I want to throw this out there to Dave because uh, I say Dave probably knows more Disney trivia than anybody I know. Right. So I want to see if Dave knows this. Sometimes. This is the one little piece of trivia. I may know that Dave doesn't know. So I want to see if he knows this. Uh, Mike Purcell, who was the voice of uh, the Tomorrowland Transitory People Mover uh, before the current version. He also did another um, voiceover in another attraction in Walt Disney World, which is still currently being used. Do you know which attraction that is, Dave? No idea. Okay. It's in Epcot. I'll give you a hint. Uh, um, wait, when was this? So this was from the 2009 version? Yes. So 2009 moving forward to when they most recently updated it. So it's got to be something from that a similar time period. Um, okay, well, it's – I'm working my way through Epcot slowly. Um I cannot think what it is. No, what is it's, it? Uh, it's the Living with the Land. He does the narration for Living oh, with the Land as well. Oh, of course it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought it's kind of, of a, a cool is. little, um, a cool little, uh, you know, tidbit that you know these these voice actors did multiple attractions. You know, and you kind of like, I've heard like Mike, you said I, I've heard that voice before. It's like these guys are all over the place. You know, it's the same thing if you're on Aquatica, you hear voiceovers that sound familiar. <laughs> oh, as well. that, that, that guy's <laughs> terrible though. You don't want to have to listen to him. <laughs> There, there is a fake voice at Aquatica too, by the way. There's the other there uh, is voice, the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, Laura said that doesn't sound like Dave. I says no, no, Dave's the better sounding one. So I says, uh, I says <laughs> Mike's like I've listened Aussie. to Dave enough. I can pick it a mile away. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, going to some of the refurbishments of some as we're going through the little timeline here. On August fifth, twenty ten, it was announced that the name People Mover would officially be installed into the ride's name, effectively changing it from Tomorrowland Transit Authority to the People Mover. Uh, the ride signage was changed around the tracks to reflect the name change. Um, so yeah, so we've officially now calling it from two thousand ten on the People Mover. It's no longer going to be called the Tomorrowland Transit Authority. Um, on March 12, 2020, it was announced that Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover would close for refurbishment. Uh, surprise, surprise. That was the beginning of COVID. So I think pretty much everything closed for refurbishment. Did, did you so March 12, 2020? What a day. Yeah. That's a, that's a wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but luckily, on October 26, 2020, since Walt Disney World reopened after being temporarily closed during the, obviously, pandemic, Walt Disney World announced that they would once again extend the Tomorrowland People Refuber... Tomorrowland People Mover Tour Refurbishment. The refurbishment continues to follow along with the theme park hours plan uh, into the future. Uh, in this case, April 4th, 2021, and on March 31st, 2021, Walt Disney World said another extension of the People Mover Refurbishment, this time would reopen in May 2021. The ride soft opened on April 25th, 2021, and officially reopened the next day. So, obviously, with everything being closed, we got some time for them to, you know, do some refurbishments, do some sprucing up. I remember right before um right before the people mover the whole pandemic thing before they were going to redo their refurbishment it was down a lot i think that was one of those rides that uh, i mean i think there was a fire on a 
beltway one day. I think there was it was constantly getting stuck. So for people that were, you know, wanting to get evacuated off a ride, that seemed like a pretty good one to get evacuated off of because they had a lot of problems with it. But now, obviously, anytime somebody hiccups the wrong way, you see it on a Disney blog. I haven't been seeing a lot of the people mover being closed down or having problems or issues or, you know, people being stuck on it. So uh, whatever renovations they did do during that whole pandemic time that they were talking about uh, with all of those dates, I think they definitely nailed it doing some major upgrades that needed to be done. So I, it's one of those things like all attractions are going to have some challenges from time to time. It definitely had the lion's share of them uh, back in the day. I was actually in magic kingdom the day that thing caught on fire. Um, So that was fun. Uh, That was, everybody's like, yeah, don't go to Tomorrowland. And you're like, okay, (laughs) I wonder why. And yes, big billowing plumes of smoke coming from uh, in the vicinity of the lunching pad. So it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, (laughs) Nothing to see see here. It's fine. We're just going to go on this attraction. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so I do remember that. Um, But yeah. They they definitely have turned a corner, and uh, we no longer have quite as many challenges uh, coming from Tomorrowland by the sounds of it. Yeah, I, one of the last renovations that something that they came out very recently was on July first, twenty twenty two. They now have the reference to the Tron, the light cycle run, so you can now hear that as you go through. Um, I remember writing this as Tron was being built year after year after year. It was great riding the People Mover because you could get to see the construction in progress. I think a lot of us, especially in our Disney groups, have seen the construction taking progress in, in the Tron, and we got to kind of follow along and take those pictures from the People Mover because it was a great area over there. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a picture person, especially when they're doing construction kind of stuff, because I like to you know, show up before as it's being built. I have a lot of Fantasyland pictures what I could see, you know, of the castles being constructed, you know, the Beauty and the Beast castle and some of the expansion they did over there. So did you guys any get any good pictures of Tron as it was being built? Did you snap some pictures when you were on the People Mover? Yeah, I th- definitely think uh, myself and every other vlogger that was out there was taking video and stuff on the People Mover. But, you know, it, Mike, it's cool because you're talking about Fantasyland, what you took picture of the construction of what you could see, right? Now it's fun to go back maybe a decade later and see, oh my God, look at the mess it was, or this is how the construction looked back then. It's kind of like documenting history of something that you really love. So we have all of these pictures out there of like Tron that took forever to being built, but now it's done and we can kind of look back and say, hey, this is what it, this is what it looked like beforehand and as it happened and as the progress was going on. So it's kind of cool to you kind of put them in your, your Google Drive and you kind of pull them up every once in a while just to see what it was like. So we'll, we'll be, what, we'll what be if, thankful we have it one day. Right. One, one of my guilty pleasures was, I hate to even admit this, I liked going on Slink, Slinky Dog, but the best part for me going on Slinky Dog uh, was getting the little view of, you know, the whole Galaxy's Edge area because you could kind of peek over the wall and see what they were doing. So um, they they had it, they hit it pretty well, but, you know, you get to the top of those tracks on uh, Slinky Dog and you can get a good view of, uh, you know, that the whole... second big hill. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. After the relaunch, you've gone backwards and then you went up that big, that hill, you'd get and particularly if you could time it, like if you were right at the very uh, back, you'd kind of get that moment where you sat there for a second to really take in. Um, I remember I wrote it the day after they uh, installed the the transport carrier that's on top of Docking Bay 7, the mm-hmm. uh, food outlet. There's that, yep. and it's got that big red stripe across it, and it's an iconic uh spacecraft and yeah you'd the the day they had installed that the next day i was on slinky dog and everybody was losing their mind because we could see this like 
tangible piece of uh, Galaxy's Edge coming to life. So definitely similar vibe to uh, Tron being constructed. However, while we're talking about pictures uh, on that attraction, I will say that um, towards the end of the ride, just after you've gone through the back of Buzz, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin and the... Uh, and the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, you kind of come down that back wall of Tomorrowland and you go through those two attractions in the back of it uh, and you've heard about them and then you emerge out and you're kind of directly over the top of, quote unquote, the purple wall, mm -hmm. if you know what, what I'm talking about there. And that moment there, as you turn that corner and you emerge with that view of the castle is actually probably one of my favorite views of Cinderella's castle. I've taken multiple photos there and I am always stunned by that moment. Like you, just the way you appear out of that tunnel, the lights a little brighter because your eyes have been adjusting to the dark and then you just see that castle. It is I think I probably have more photos of that scene on my phone than probably anything else that I have ever taken an individual photo of, because every time I ride people mover, that's my, ah, oh, I love that. And I, it just grabs me. So um, while we're talking about cool photos uh, taken on the ride, that is definitely high up on my list. Yeah, I've, I specifically like that. I know exactly what you're talking about coming around that corner. Um, I think I've actually been able, there's two spots that I've actually been able to catch some fireworks. Uh, Splash Mountain coming over the top, I've been able to get that, you know, seeing the fireworks over the castle and coming around that turn. Uh, I like, me specifically, personally, I like to ride people mover at night. I think it's a lot of fun. I think Tomorrowland's the best place to be at night. Um, so I've been able to catch some fireworks. Um, as you're coming around the bend, obviously, you know, the fireworks are not directly above the castle. They're kind of off in the back area over there so it gets a little skewed but as you're going around you get to see some of the fireworks off in the distance it's a great shot from the people mover um you know we were talking a lot about pictures obviously there's some great pictures oh, really quickly but i know you're about to go into it but really quickly i will add to your list uh try to get uh thunder mountain mm -hmm. is a good one uh during fireworks and if you can get seven dwarves mine train it's only like a minute and a half nearly two minutes long they're going off literally over your head. Add both of those to your list of things to do during fireworks. I like both of those roller coasters as well. I never thought about doing uh, mine trains. That's a challenge, fireworks. man. It's over your head, <laughs> right? You got to. I mean, you got to time that like. You got to time that line really good. Like you've pro basically got to have a, a lightning lane for it to to make sure you hit it exactly. But uh, standby queue, I don't think you could. I mean, it's a 17-minute fireworks show, so you might be able to, but yeah, for a things five to look for. For a five-second ride. Exactly. You'd be, well, you'd be standing inside, like on the like, letting people go by, like looking at your watch. I'm just trying to time this. Just you can go ahead, Francois. Yeah, just, uh, just you can go, you can go, you can. Go. And you don't want to get on it right at the beginning of the fireworks. You need to wait until they're fully going off. Hmm. Like, but it's a lot of fun. Challenge, awesome. So challenge with that in group, mind. Challenge the group. Well, and if we're going to challenge the group to that, and even better, uh, that's probably a guaranteed. If you could get Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, get under the fireworks, that would probably be a guaranteed pick of the week, I would say. Because if you can nail that one, that's definitely one you could possibly get. Uh, speaking of picks of the week, we have an amazing DDP podcast family. They post some great pictures every week. Uh, we have an amazing Facebook page. They post them there, and I have some great pictures I love to see. And that brings me my favorite thing every week, and that would be picks of the week. Picks of the week. Picks of the week. It's time.
time for us to get our picks of the week. All right, guys, you know I love picks of the week. Joe, what's your pick of the week? So my pick of the week, I know I stole this one from Dave, so I'm sorry, man. I know you. this was top on your list because of the <laughs> the character that is featured into it in, uh. in, in this uh, photo, but uh, my pick of the week goes to Dave Patton. Stole my heart. A picture of DJ in uh, the stroller with a plush figment. Everybody loves figment. Official mascot of Epcot. Everybody. The official mascot of Epcot. He's making a comeback again, uh, you know, with the new meet and greet. I just love the next generation of Figment fans out there. That's how you raise your child. So for that, Dave Patton gets my pick of the week. Very cool. Great pick. Uh, Dave, what's your pick of the week? All right. So my pick of the week is a collection of 10 photos. And I don't think 10 photos is enough to do it justice because uh, somebody who I've had the great pleasure of meeting and even grabbed a drink with one time, uh, Jim Ostrom, uh, he and his family i think uh got to take a trip through greece uh as part of adventures by disney and i know we talk about the different parts of the disney company from time to time uh we we've got some huge disneyland fans we've got some huge uh, disney world fans we we even have uh people that will rant and rave about how much they love uh disney cruise line and once you've done all of them and you're looking for the next way to explore the world using the Disney company, uh, you definitely need to look into Adventures by Disney. It is that level of service that Disney is renowned for and taking you to exotic and incredible places around the world. Uh, so um, an incredible vacation by the looks of it, some great photos and all sorts of fun being had uh, with an Adventures by Disney trip to Greece. Uh, Jim Ostrom gets my pick of the week. Very cool. Great pick. I'd love to go out to Greece. It sounds like a great trip. Uh, and love to do an Adventures by Disney soon. I definitely got to look into that and keep that on my it's bucket list. It's the way. Oh, it's amazing. I'm sure. They better start I'm working sure. some overtime, Mike. <laughs> yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> you ain't kidding. Uh, my pick of the week is going to go to, it's not so, it's, it's, a, it's a great picture, but the story that goes along with it I think is more important. Um, so I'm going to, Talk about this post, and it's Joanna Crinian, and she said, "So I have to tell someone. I have to tell someone, and I feel like you're the perfect ones to tell." In the early 1990s, my aunt bought this Disney fabric for a project. She, like me, saves what she doesn't use. She died of breast cancer when her son was seven. He is now an adult and got married last year, and I just had a baby girl last week. Because I love Disney and the fabric was given to me, I've held on to it not knowing what to do with it. Today I'm making a blanket for a little girl with fabric purchased for her by her grandmother. Her father has no idea about the blanket or the fabric. It will be a great surprise, and I can't wait to gift them both. That's going to be an amazing thing and story to go along with that. Um, that is more than just a pick of the week. That is a great story for the week. And Joanna, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, I absolutely love it. And I'm sure the blank is going to look beautiful. If you're going to pick, if you're going to find a group of people to tell a story about, about that, um, with those themes going on and a piece of Disney fabric with Mickey and Minnie featured on it with coconuts and palm trees and all sorts of uh, floral designs tying it all together. I can think of only one place where I would want to post that. And that is right there in the DDP Today podcast uh, group uh, family, because uh, it's such an amazing uh, collaboration and collection of people that come together to just celebrate Disney, talk about how they keep it Disney. And if you do have any photos uh, that you take, uh, please share them. If you have stories that you want to tell, 
hell, that is the place to do it uh, because uh, it brings people together and uh, in ways that they are passionate about something, uh, knowing that everybody there uh, is supporting uh, just amazing stories and pictures. Uh, speaking of things they support, we, of course, want to give a big shout out to uh, Basecamp, uh, who are our sponsor and our worthy cause as part of the uh, Sorcerers Running Group uh, associated with DDP uh, for our marathon weekend in January. We are collect actively working to raise money. And if you have not already got on board, either start your own uh, as part of it, uh, you can start your own fundraiser or uh, donate to one of the uh, groups that uh, have already been established. You can find somebody who's set one up and make sure we donate so that we uh, continue to raise money and awareness for uh, a very worthy cause. Base Camp right here in Orlando, Florida, do an incredible job uh, working with children uh, battling cancer and uh, other diseases. And we want to make sure that we are doing right by them and continue to uh, wave that banner for them as we head towards marathon weekend uh joe are you already in training for some run yeah i'm supposed to, i'm supposed and... to go out tonight for a run um believe it or How'd not that work out for you uh, it's not it's not a clock right now i'm still not i lost a week because of covid uh, which really stunk um yeah is not good so it's been a little rough game but i may not run tonight i may just get up early tomorrow but it's perfect running weather right now and i just want to follow up, dave what you said you know i actually spoke with my wife's boss um and you know, charities, they're all the same industry. It's its like police departments. It's like being in the, the entertainment industry, whatever. Everybody knows everybody's stuff. And there's been nothing but great things that said about base camp. So I'm super excited about the charity that, you know, this community has partnered with. And it's just going to be make Marathon Weekend even that much more amazing. So just it's a it's got a great reputation. And I'm just super excited that we're, you know, that we've all partnered with them to uh, to raise some money for a great, great charity. So but we'll see about that run. I don't know if it's going to happen tonight or not. So. We'll see. Well, we do have a Patreon show coming up, and um, unfortunately, Joe, you missed our last Patreon show. Yeah, it was, I know. Uh, it was quite a doozy. It was epic. Um, yeah, it was definitely epic. And if you listen, if you're not a Patreon member, uh, you're missing out because some of our Patreon episodes are some of the absolute funniest things out there. Um, they do get a little bit of adult version sometimes. We do go a little bit off topic. Um, last week, it was. Definitely one for the ages. Um, for those of you who are on our Patreon group, um, you you know what we're talking about. I'm sure you've pretty much. We're also heard it really by now. sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry for some of it. Um, really quickly, like I think last week's Patreon might have been the longest Patreon we've ever done. Like it felt like it went forever, and yet it was also over in the blink of an eye because it was such a fun topic. And um, was it the coolest? patreon episode we've ever done it was definitely in the top five i would say that for sure oh, <laughs> I, it's, I think it's in my top three like it's way way up there so um so yes if you're not a member of that and you've been thinking about it um one of the cool things is you get access to all the old patreon episodes as well so you can always go back and listen and find the epicness that was last week uh when you become a member so uh if it is something you're interested in jump on that patreon app you can find it ddp today and uh on the website and you can sign up through there it gives you access to amazing additional content and you can even uh get videos of our patreon episodes uh depending upon your level and i always try to have a different background photo i know um i know whenever if for those of you who are wondering yes we're on a zoom call and we get to see each other and i i am 
I have intimate knowledge of uh, Mike's workshop because <laughs> that's literally where he is. There's a giant uh, drill right over his shoulder <laughs> that I can see. Uh, whereas I always have a different one. Today I have uh, an old school picture of Disneyland's um, Disneyland's people mover um, as my virtual background. So I always try to change that. However, I am also sporting a Zoom uh, account that says I am Melanie today. So I <laughs> that's mean, an upgrade, bro. We, 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 I, that is true. That's definitely an upgrade. <laughs> All right. Um, with that, I think we're about to wrap up this and head across into tonight's Patreon episode. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Uh, Dave, any closing words? No, just um, the importance uh, of of the people mover cannot be understated, overstated. I always get confused which one I could, should use in that sentence. It's really important to the history of the Disney company, to the structure of of Tomorrowland and the development of it, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. And it's uh, it's something that has stood the test of time as, a, as an important monument to the history of Disney and uh, but as you said, it's also, as Joe said, I think, uh, that it's continued to grow and change. So it has really uh, been able to span that time period and show the natural progression of Disney attractions uh, and how they can uh, be part of the ever-evolving landscape that is a Disney theme park. Yeah, side note, I think if they ever had to do another people mover, I think they should have one around World Showcase. I think that would be really, oh, really cool. That would be great. No, that is how that is how accidents happen. (laughs) Okay, we would be like, let's think for just a second what happened with the Skyliner because that Skyliner ran for months, for months and months of testing without a problem, and then the minute we let the guests on it, it suddenly had all these problems and it nearly like (laughs) collapsed on itself. Okay, like we would set one up around World Showcase and it would run and run and it would be fine, and then they would let the guests on it and everything would change okay that is not going to end well yeah anyway joe uh, joe closing words (laughs) closing words for tonight uh before we started recording david kind of mentioned in our group chat you know you're kind of throwing around some ideas and david said something about you know and i appreciate it Dave, about you know hey let's talk about something joe's even passionate about too which i was fantastic and i think that that's a perfect segue and a perfect topic about the people mover because there's so many people that are Walt Disney World fans that are passionate about the people mover. Love it. We go to see it every time we're there. And there's so many Disneyland fans that wish that they still had it. So kind of my closing words is like, let's enjoy it. I'm so glad that it's been updated with as Tomorrowland has evolved and changed, but nothing is forever. So guys, when you're in the Magic Kingdom, take that 15 minutes out of your day. Get on the people mover. Ride it at night. Ride it in the morning. Enjoy it. You know, take it, take it back. Take it all in because... It may not be there one day, you know what I'm saying? So um, let's enjoy it. It's a great attraction. Like Dave said, it's got a lot of history, uh, that, you know, within the, the Disney theme parks and stuff. And um, yeah, it's just something that you know really just don't take for granted and enjoy it, you know. So with that, Patreon standby. You guys are on deck. Very cool. Love talking about one of my favorite attractions, and I hope it's there for a very, very long time. And until next time, DDP family, we will see you real soon. Have a good night. Cheers. See you guys. On behalf of the Disney Dads, we want to say thank you. We hope you find a little magic in your life every day, spread some Disney love, and keep moving forward. 
And they all lived happily ever after. Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin. Let the wonder. And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.